dropping jewels. Yeah, okay, scrap that shit. So, 2021 is a new year. However, the mechanics for dropping jewels are gonna change. Instead of doing affiliate marketing, I told myself why not support and advertise our dearest local home-based businesses or small businesses from now on, especially during COVID. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier on. So, expect food, apparel, services like design, photography, video, I don't know, babysitting or massage, you tell me. And I'm going to do all this for you guys for free until, of course, ADOCM makes it big in numbers, which I have faith is soon. <laughs> so if you do want to advertise, drop me a DM, you know where to find me. And today, it's going to be jewelry. Shameless. Of course, I will start off with my own small business, Edoze Jewelry. In the case that you're looking for minimal stainless steel gold or silver jewelry at affordable prices for your loved ones, pick up your phone and type Edoze, which is A-D-O-S-E jewelry on Instagram or Carousel. Products ranges from necklaces, bracelets, bangles, and earrings. Good news is, some of the items are unisex. So, happy shopping! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of A Dossier in the New Year 2021. Woo! So <laughs> today we have a very special guest, uh, one whom I had the honor to go to an exhibition to. Um, but I will introduce him later. But before, I'll tell you a little bit of backstory. So um, A Dossier basically started because of mental health. In the case that you forgot, when 2020 passed, passed off and you forgot what Edosia is all about. So Edosia started off because of mental health and because it's very dear to me. So I went to this exhibition because it is creating awareness for mental health and the importance of mental health in Singapore itself. So without further ado, without me babbling, let me introduce our guest today, Mr. Ming Kuang. So the exhibition that he did is actually Threading Walls. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah? Welcome to the show, Ming Kuang. Hello, you can call me, you know, some people call me Michael Koss, but you know... Michael Koss, because it's MK, right? Yes. All right, so um, the exhibition is actually called Disconnect Dot Treading Worse. You know, currently what is happening right now is we're having a full exhibition um, in Singapore since Mm -hmm. 17th December and it will last until 30th January. So we are actually located at One New Road, 0302, um, which is a building that's owned by Jackie Chan. So that's one of the... I didn't know that. Now you know. Um, <laughs> so we are also showcasing our works, you know, at different satellite venues, including um, Library at Orchard, City Humanistic Youth Center, and mm-hmm. also the Shop House. That's that. So the show is ongoing. Um, you know, the intention of the show was very simple. We wanted to raise awareness of mental health, emotional wellness, human connection, and also suicide prevention. So this full exhibition, you know, um, isn't the first time that we did something around this line. So we did a preview exhibition back in September in conjunction of World Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, which was a two-week exhibition and, you know, there were 825 people who showed up, um, it, even though oh, it was... Not too bad, not too bad. Um, of course, you know, it kind of, you know, shattered some of the expectations that we had initially because we thought that COVID, you know, was kind of bad. Um, mm. Most of people wouldn't actually come. So our initial KPI was only 400 visitors. I mean, even we, if we do operational stuff, you know, there is certain goals that we are striving towards. So as a result, you know, within two weeks, we impacted 825 people. And, you know, 
some of the notable guests you know who visited the show includes you know NMP and Tia Ong and also mm-hmm. local actor Adrian Pang so there was Adrian. that Adrian Pang one of my favourite actors so I have a question though Um, for this exhibition right yep. the faces are you the only one who actually you work with someone else it's like a duo who did this right. uh, exhibition so, right Correct. So me and Queen, you know, we are partners in crime. So we are one of the local, social local artists duo, you know, we call ourselves Hani and Lami. So mm-hmm. this is our artist name. And, you know, we've been creating, you know, different kind of works, you know, representing and having different exhibitions also in Singapore. So um, another question is, I was just thinking to myself, um, so like how I started A dossier, it's actually because of a personal note. For mental health, uh, I think it needs to be conv- people need to have more conversation about mental health openly in comparison to just suppressing everything. So my question is, uh, what made you started this exhibition? Like, was it a personal on a personal note? Something happened, or probably it was because of you know probably it happened within friends or within yourself itself? How did well, it come about? Well, how did it came about? I think you know to put it honestly, you know, mental health has been something very, very, very close to me. Um, since I was very young. So I've been doing a lot of social campaigns, um, humanitarian campaigns, you know, to raise awareness of this kind of cause. Um, but fundamentally, it's really about getting a person to connect to their true self beneath all the masks that we carry, you know, who are we at the fundamental level. So that was that. And, you know, I remember that, you know, in 2019, you know, some, somewhere in November, um, you know, me and Queen, you know, we were basically in KL doing a cultural showcase ex- exhibition, you know, between Singapore and Malaysia. So I remember at that point of time, you know, I had a phone call. I received a phone call that one of my friend's friend actually passed away through suicide. So when that happens, you know, I look at Queen, Queen look at me. You know what? We knew what we had to do because we had all this conversation and plans all the while. But when that happened, you know, we took it as a sign, an omen that, you know what, it's time to do something about it. So without further ado, you know, we packed our bags and, you know, we came back to Singapore even before the exhibition back in KL ended. And, you know, since then, you know, we've been pulling our resources, um, gathering different um, advocacy groups when it comes to suicide prevention, um, mental health institutions, mental health organizations, mental health professionals as well to come together on board to pull this together. And I think that it's a very critical time for us to look into mental health, especially mm-hmm. right now. You know, things are kind of chaotic. Things are kind of messy, especially last year. You know, it was a year of lockdown due to the pandemic crisis of COVID-19. Now, maybe for some people, lockdown, you know, is just a lockdown. It's just any other day. But actually, mm-hmm. that's not true. Because, you know, we are actually losing the briefing hours that we have the briefing gaps that we have in between, you know, when we leave our house and go to work. Yeah. So it, it kind of happens in such a way that the different spaces in our house or rather the spaces in our life from the different roles that we play starts collapsing. Mm-hmm. For example, you work in the same house where you sleep in the same house and you also rest in the same house where you also interact with your family in the same house. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things is this. Most of us, you know, we are not really trained how to navigate our internal world. Most of the time, you know, when something happens, we tend to look outwards for answers. Yeah. But when it comes to internal world, you know what? Most of us don't really have a very strong foundation in that. So I'm talking about internal work. Your ability to understand your psyche, your, un- your ability to, you know, handle your consciousness and self-awareness in a certain way. It, can't, it becomes kind of problematic because, you know, during COVID, you know, lockdown, 
one of the things is domestic violence spike up. You know, yeah. divorce, you know, relationship falling apart, people splitting up, you know, all these things started rising as well. Now, that's not a coincidence because many of these problems had already exist on a day-to-day basis. But how many of us really truly look at it at a very fundamental level internally to resolve these problems? And, you know, it's, it's the same thing that, you know, you know, this is a shit. <laughs> Right. So for the yeah. for the viewers, he's showing like a cushion of. <laughs> yes, this is a shit cushion. All right. <laughs> Imagine that you know in front of you is a piece of shit. Now you mm. put a full carpet over the shit. Is the shit still there? Of course it is. It's just yeah. not within sight. Correct, but just because you don't see it doesn't mean that it's not there. You can yeah. smell it. Sometimes you know in your awareness you know that it exists. It stings. Then the question is, you know. What does it really take for a person to really take out the beautiful carpet and to really start looking at the shit for what it is instead of painting, you know, or adding flowers into it to beautify it or even glorifying it. You know, these days, you know, most people glorify their problems and make it part of their personality. But what if I'm saying that, you know, our personality is actually not fixed? We play different roles in our life and these different roles require us to put on different masks. If we assume that we are one person, one identity, then you know what? It's kind of boring, isn't it? That you yeah. are only one person. Then what's the point of living your life when life is meant to be an adventure where we are actually throwing ourselves out there to really explore literally the marrow of life? Touching on what you said just now, in life you're using, you're wearing a lot of masks because you're playing, you're playing different roles and that is very important as well. I've said it somewhere in the past in my my previous episodes because it's so true you're not only going to work you're not only being your friends you're a daughter you're a brother you're everything so um i have a question so we're talking about covid how on a personal note how did you deal with it was it difficult for you as well because i'm sure for everyone else it was really difficult for me it is but how was it for you um well to be honest it's just like any other day for me Ah, okay. Right. Your whole body. Okay, let me give you more context why I say that. That 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 statement didn't come from a space of arrogance or complacency. Um, mm-hmm. it's just that you know I've spent you know almost a de- a decade, for almost ten years, you know, working on myself intensively, internally. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to understanding of myself, you know, I have certain structures that are in place. So during COVID, you know, it wasn't a culture shock for me because I. I mean, you know, almost for the last 10 years, I've been looking inside myself. As much as I'm chasing after the external world, I'm playing the game externally, you know, the material world game, the survival game, you know, I had been working on the self um, very intensively and mm. that gives kind of a certain foundation as well. So when COVID kind of happens, you know, one of the things that I noticed was that, you know, there wasn't a lot of space for me because, you know, you kind of feel that, you know, you're kind of trapped in that house, you know, almost 24-7. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier on, the different spaces kind of collapse in one another. So it gets very tricky. So one of the ways that I dealt with it is, you know, um, I started segregating the spaces in my space. For example, in my bedroom, I segregate the portion where, you know, I'm actually resting. I segregate the spaces where I'm actually working. And in the living room, you know, I use that for other purposes as well. For example, family gathering. So with that awareness that the spaces are intentionally divided into based on their functions, it allowed me to breathe. But of course, I also am trained in meditation as well. So I do a lot of meditation as well during mm. that. So that allowed me to gain certain deeper insight. And, you know, as a mechanism, you know, it helped me to cope with my energy management. 
of course, you know, the relationships in your life need to be handled also. Lah. Of course, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times, you know, we don't really deal with um, our issues, you know, with our family, for example. And, you know, for people during COVID, you know, um, lockdown, you know, one of the things was, you know, most people actually, you know, shut themselves in their room. And I can understand why. Knowing that, you know, once upon a time, I was like that too. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like I say, a lot of the shits, you know, in the family is not dealt with. And, you know, you kind of are forced to look inwards into yourself during COVID. Or rather, you're kind of forced to look into the real problem at home. So what do you choose? Now, if you have the mechanics, you know how to handle relationship maturely, objectively, then it wouldn't be an issue. But oftentimes, you know, it's really the emotional conflict that we face that we are not able to maneuver around situations. And as a result of that, you know what? Sometimes it's easy to avoid it's easier to avoid our issues more than anything else. Yep. That's actually the number one rule that I actually try to abide by. Like, rather suppress it than start a conflict. But yeah, you're right. So, since we're talking about mental health, um, I have a general question. What do you think are the traits or the points that actually affect, that can affect one's mental health other than... Probably, yes, work relationships as well. But I think especially now in the new year, well, especially in the last year as well, I think it magnifies everything, especially with COVID. But what do you think that would actually affect an individual's mental health? Well, that is really, really, really a huge question. Um, simply put, there are so many, so many, so many factors. Um where do I begin? Because no matter where I begin, you know, it seems like it's incomplete. Mm. Um, you know, we can talk about family, we can talk about work, we can also talk about the social economics, but all these are very external. But let's look into the internal. Yeah. Um, what I'm talking about is, you know, your upbringing, your childhood environment, you know, traumas. I'm talking about that kind of stuff as well. And I'm also talking about your understanding about who you are, knowing the core of who you are, your true self, knowing you have a distinction between your emotional health, your mental health, and your physical health. So we're also talking about awareness. We're also talking about consciousness. So it's really, really, really a huge topic to talk about. Yeah. Adding to that, I, uh, the reason why I'm asking you that is because you know how sometimes in... This is just an add-on. Um, in daily life, when you're going through troubles and then, you know, some people would compare and contrast and say that, you know, probably... I think it's your your will that is not strong enough to go through with the troubles in life, which I think is utterly complete bullshit. Forgive me for my language. But I think, you know, like... So that's why like it's an honor to have you on the show so that we can talk about this deeper and unpacking mental health um no worries um and also as a back uh you know for for the audience to know itself your background so that you know they will know the reason why i had you on the show as well is because you're a life coach right oh yes so that's one of the things that i do um mm-hmm. doing you know i've been trained in the life coaching organization since i was um 19 years old um that was when i started this whole thing about transformational work where i started working yeah. Um, intensively inside out so mm-hmm. there was that um, my former degree is in architecture where I actually am trained in spaces you know and one of my interests is you know how can we integrate consciousness with spaces and you know besides that I also do films as a filmmaking you know you have you have seen some of my works you know in the art exhibition as well um, together with me and my partner in crime queen so I really you know I would say that you know the exhibition is a not it's not purely fine arts per se but we kind of weave from us, you know, into a language where people can relate to generally, even if people are not interested in us. And, you know, we actually weave it in mental health campaigns, all that as well. 
to really mm-hmm. raise awareness about mental health. And ultimately, we want to push for more forwarding conversations and more forwarding integrative actions that people can start taking where mental health, emotional wellness and suicide prevention is concerned. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's why it's called multidisciplinary. If I <laughs> clarify, yeah, because uh, yeah, because I was wondering, multi. It means that yeah. Um. So my next question would be a disclaimer. So even though I do what I do, so my opinions, you know, doesn't necessarily. It's not a representation from a professional line. Mm-hmm. I'm not a psychotherapist. You know, I'm not formally. Um. You know, I'm not a doctor either. So I'm not going to give, you know, a lot of... So whatever I'm saying, I just want to make a disclaimer. These are my opinions of me having the opportunity to work with many, many people from all walks of life, um, from people from all sorts of titles, you know, for example, you know, people who are pilot, um, people who are CEO of, you know, NMC, um, people who are, you know, award-winning, you know, top young person award, you know, in the world, or even to corporate people, you know, who works from a 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. job. But for, yeah. for all the way to housewife and also students as well. Now, I had the privilege to work with more than 1,000 people today already on a day-to-day basis on the ground level. So that gives me a different understanding of things, you know, when it comes to human psyche, um, people's ability to manage their mental health, their emotional health, and also their physical health as well. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I just want to give set up the premise correctly. Yeah. So my next question would be, Along the lines of the people that you've worked with and your experience and um, the exhibitions and everything, what are some of your understanding, what are your understanding on the mental illness that is derived? Is it because from, is it because from the disconnection, we're so isolated to begin with, you see? We're all working, yeah. But um, what are some of the mental illness that you have seen along the lines of your work? probably depression or anything like that. And is it because of the disconnection to our emotions because we're so isolated and trying to catch the material world, you know? Well, I would like to say that, you know, there are many factors. Mm. Um, You know, like you say, the disconnection of our emotions actually worsen a lot of things. Because, Mm. you know, know, for example, you know, we live in a space, you know, we've been trained in schools, you know, how to use our brains, I hope. Presumably. Presumably. But, you know, no one ever taught us how to use our heart to feel. So even when it comes to our understanding of our own emotion, it is very limited. Sometimes we think that we're feeling happy, we think that we're feeling angry, we think that we're feeling sad. But did you know that emotions also have layers? For example, it is like a subject. Like, you know, if you were to say that you know mathematics, saying that you are happy is like you telling me that you know mathematics. But what about mathematics specifically do you know? So likewise, what about happiness do you truly know? Do you know that happiness also have its layers? Do you know that anger also have its layers? Do you know that sadness also have its layers? And the correct question that, you know, a person should be asking is, which layer of happiness are we? am I experiencing in this moment? Which layer of sadness am I experiencing in this moment? For example, emotions have a range. The deeper level of, you know, the deep, the, the other end of, you know, the range, you know, could be grief, for example. Whereas the other end of, you know, happy, you know, could be joy. So I'm saying that, you know, emotion also have its layers. But because we are not trained when it comes to emotional logic, we don't understand our internal map. So as a result of that, we don't really quite understand our emotions. Take it for example, let's make it even more simpler so that people can relate to this. Alright, every logical decision, it takes a person at least or rather at most three minutes to figure out what's the best possible move that they can make. Now, 
How come there are people who takes one week, who takes three months, who takes one year or even more than that before they can make any decisions in their life? And you know, people always say that they are in a dilemma. But do we really realize that dilemma is nothing more but a function of conflict of emotions where we are feeling multiple emotions at the same time and we don't have the ability to discern that. So everything is like lumped together and you know, it is just like a power of mess. Hmm. Tricky. Because, you know, this is when, you know, we have conflict of emotions. We feel like, you know, we're being pulled in different direction. But of course, you know, part of the game is really about having the awareness to know what we are really feeling. But that comes from our understanding of ourselves. So there's a lot of self-work that is really involved down there. So the question that, you know, I'm asking the people who are listening to this is this. How much do we truly know about ourselves? You see, the thing is, you know, most of the time we don't see the world for what the world is. We see the world for who we are and what we are. Now, as a result of that, oftentimes are not in the relational construct. We end up creating endless amount of misunderstanding between human beings. But what if we can have the awareness to recognize that, hey, actually, you know what? I'm actually wearing a tinted lenses as I look at this world. That whatever that I see is not necessarily the representation of what the world is, but it is filled with biasness, projections that come from our childhood, which influence us, whether it's externally or internally that has left an impact onto us. Now, if we have that awareness per se, now it's going to be very powerful because the first step is we can recognize that, you know what? Our truth is not the truth. And let's stop making people wrong, first and foremost. Now, why do people get into arguments? Why do people get into arguments? Why do two people get into arguments? At the fundamental level, simply put, because each of them think that they are right. People forget or disagree. Agree to disagree, forgive me. Correct. You're going to tell me a lot of reasons, but fundamentally, both of them think that they are right. And then whatever that they are having as a conversation is nothing more but to defend their knowledge of whatever they think they know as part of their reality. So that's that. But when we don't have that openness, you know, that clarity... Now, it becomes very conflicting. We start pointing fingers and say, that person is against me. That person is against me. And then we started playing this thing called the aggressor and the victim roles, which often, you know, we see that happening in a day-to-day basis. Whether it's in your workplace, whether it's in your family, whether it's with yourself. We tend to make people wrong. And we have to recognize that, you know, because when we do that, a lot of our judgments are biased and clouded. Yeah. That's how we mess things up. Simply put. Adding to that, um, this is just an add-on as well. Do you think um do you think social media actually magnifies the misunderstandings on a day-to-day basis that human beings have? Sorry, I can you repeat social social media? You know, um yeah. Do you think that social media actually magnifies the common daily disagreements that human beings have within each other? I think yes. This is just coming from me, but I just wanted to know what what you think about it on a on a yeah. Well, I can only sigh because, you know, what you say is true also. Um, you know, it's always, you know, freedom of speech, you know. It's, okay, things in life, you know, it's always a double sword. What can seem to be very powerful and good, you know, also have its negative side. So likewise, you know, um, you know, if I were to look at it from an objective point, you know, social media, while it also influences us, you know, to be more open, where information is more accessible or more interconnected, but we also see people, you know, throwing up a lot of opinions as well. And sometimes, you know, it becomes a whole thing about, you know, who, whoever who is the loudest is correct. Whoever who is the loudest is the truth. 
Yeah. So it's kind of very misleading because you know what? In school, we learn that you know empty vessels make the most noise. That is so, true. so uh, that's that so part of it is really not about you know hearing or seeing whatever the news or social media just portray us but really having that self-awareness to really question deeper question the assumptions more importantly question the basis of things trying to understand from a premise what is being laid out you know may not necessarily be the totality of everything so if we have that awareness and you know instead of making a quick decision to jump into which side you know I think that's that's the problem now uh, I think that's the problem that is happening nowadays people take everything on the surface on social media and every argument or every topics that even a coffee you know if you're having coffee with your friends and then they talk about anything they'll just take it on the surface and nobody wants to go deeper but thank you for that though and I agree with you let me just put it this way. Um, if we, I were to bring this back into the area of mental health. Mm. I mean, you know, 20 years ago, you know, we don't see people talking about mental health at all. It's kind of a very, very... No, it's not even a taboo topic. Nobody talks about it. Yeah. The whole it doesn't even exist. But, you know, with, you know, social medias, with all these platforms, with, you know, these days, you know, more and more people are talking about it. So that's good news. There's more noises around it. But, you know, the downside of it is, you know, with so much noises around it, there's also a lot of misconceptions around mental health as well. And, you know, it's important for us to actually dig deeper to really understand the nature of what mental health really encompasses. You know, there's a distinction between mental health, mental illness, mental wellness. Mm-hmm. For example, when we talk about mental health, we're talking about the totality of our health, our vitality when it comes to our mental state, which is oftentimes tied in with our emotional states as well. But mental illness, we're talking about a disease specifically. And that disease, I mean, you know, the word disease, you know, actually comes from the word disease. So mental illness is nothing more but disease on the mental level. That's that. And, you know, um, you know, if I were to put it simply, you know, it's not, okay, I don't want to make any generous statements, but, you know, um, if I were to look at it from this um, space, you know, one of the things that's popping up in my space is this, I'm thinking about, you know, um, Suicide. Hmm. You know, a person doesn't really commit suicide out of nowhere. True. You, you get it? In their reality, all they saw was four words of shit. And, you know, after a prolonged, a prolonged period of time, you know, they could not overcome that shit. Yep. All right? Now, when I say that shit, I'm talking about that four words of herders that they see. And they see nothing for them. And in that moment, all they really wanted to do is to end their life so that the problem disappears. They don't have any clarity. Now, it's not that they consciously realize that they are ending their life. They can see the totality of all the consequences they can't. All they saw was they needed to let everything out, to get out of that. And oftentimes, you know, a person who is in a suicidal state is not by chance either. You have to hit depression first before you continue to spiral down into suicidal state, which means that, you know, a lot of us, you know, we don't have the measure, um, or rather the measuring power to be able to capture someone who is even in a depressive state. Especially this day, you know, in the functioning, you know, world that we live in, there's also this thing called high-functioning depression. What's more, what's more, you know, did you know that, you know, for men's suicide rate, you know, men's suicide rate accounts to the 66... Okay, men's suicide rate accounts about 66% in the whole suicide rate locally. In Singapore? Yeah, this is the data from SOS. Please. Oh, I just Correct. That. And, you know, men's mental health is oftentimes not really spoken up. Uh, that I would agree. On a general term itself, yeah. Correct. 
not that you know I'm I'm not creating any gender divide or whatsoever, but this is just based on facts based on data. All right. So that's that. So I think you know, realizing that there's a distinction between all of this is very important. Um, realizing that you know the different factors that affect us both externally and internally. Now think about it this way: you have a boss. Mm-hmm. Now you work in the corporate company. You know, for the first time, you know, you decide to go into the office at eight thirty a.m. first thing in the morning to clear some work. Now, for some reason, your boss, who usually arrives in your workplace at nine a.m., decides to reach the office at about eight forty a.m. Now you saw your boss, but you you know what you notice that he is a little bit angry. Now you don't know what is he really angry about. He walks towards you, and you feel pressure. You feel stress. And it's as though that your boss is actually angry at you. Now all these are little internal conversations that starts popping up in our heads. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute, what does his anger got anything got to do with you? I mean, you know, you 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 are someone who always submit your work on time, but yet when your angry boss walks towards you, you start having these internal reactions. Yeah. What do you, what did I do wrong? How come my boss is angry at me? You know all these little conversations. Now. <laughs> We're going to realize that, you know, whether your boss is angry at you or not, no, it's not as important as your reaction towards his anger. Because for all you know, he may not necessarily even be angry at you, but your reaction towards his anger says everything. Yeah. So we're always reacting. And funny thing is, if we don't have self-awareness to keep ourselves in check, you know what? We're, we are really going to make everyone wrong. We are going to make everyone for making us feel in a certain way instead of taking ownership to own up what exactly that we're dealing with, what exactly that we're feeling, which is kind of very, 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 very tricky because, you know, you know, we are right now, I'm still only talking about self-awareness at the individual level. Now, when it comes to another person like us, you know, having this conversation right now, there's a dynamic between me and you. Now, it's a different story that I'm self-aware and someone else is not self-aware. It creates another kind of dynamic. But it also creates another kind of dynamic if both people are self-aware and they are conscious, mentally, emotionally, and physically. They know where they are at. They know that they can see things for what it is instead of putting and adding, you know. Yeah, true. Uh, adding to that as well, just a personal opinion uh, before we jump to the, next, uh, to the next question. I was just thinking to myself whether it's necessary for an individual to go through like trauma or hardship to have the self-awareness or is it something that only that if you have gone through trauma only that then you will have self-awareness and then you would seek it otherwise you wouldn't I don't know it's just something that I'm just thinking about whether which goes to the next question what do you think on a general term how 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 is it in Singapore that for me personally to start off the question I feel that there is not enough help for mental health in Singapore because of everything that we just talked about. But what do you think are the tools that can actually assist the mental health condition or state here in Singapore? Because in all honesty, I don't think it's enough. I mean, your exhibition is one of it that actually opened my eyes when I went to it. It made me feel for after a long time. Thank you for that. Uh, But what do you think are the tools that can assist you know, the possible, quote-unquote, so I don't want to make it like it sound really bad, but what are the tools that is needed to help in an individual or a citizen to stop them from committing suicide or having depression, you know, and disconnecting from emotions? What do you think, Paul? Well, I would like to say that, you know, I guess that, you know, one of the things that we need to recognize and acknowledge is this. Now, a lot of times, you know, we have a tendency not want to see our problems. Because when it comes to problems, you know, there's a lot of negative um, 
negative imprints around it. So we would rather like to see, you know, love and light, that kind of bullshit, you know. I mean, for example, if you have a friend who asks you, how are you? Now, most of the times, you know, you might have a tendency to say, I'm good, I'm good, and I'm good. And that's the outcome that, you know, you try to tell people, and that's the kind of front that you kind of put. But, you know, we need to recognize that we don't really try, and, you know, we don't really want to get to know each other, or rather even at the deeper level of an individual, beyond just the good stuff. No one really wants to talk about the negative things because you know what? There's a lot of stigmas around it. Not to say that you dump all your shit onto another person, but I'm talking about you know being able to recognize your negative stuff for what it is. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, we don't really listen to our emotions because we don't understand our emotions, as we mentioned earlier on. And you know, individuals are stuck and they couldn't really bypass it. Now, when that happens, you know, sometimes you know a person may feel resigned. Now, when a person feels results, a lot of different possibilities of things can happen. But I guess, you know, fundamentally, what we want to look at is this. So that question that you asked me, you know, deals with both internal and external. Mm. Now, I'm thinking that, you know, internally, you know, there needs to be more openness when it comes to mental health and also emotional wellness. And it's also important for us to ask for help. We need to have the openness to ask for help. We need to have the courage to acknowledge that I'm not okay that it is okay for me to ask for help. We need to have self-love. To be able to, to do that itself, to ask for help, is an act of self-love. You know what? We also need to be able to create safe spaces within ourselves to acknowledge that, hey, you know what? I'm not fine. And it's okay. It is what it is. I don't have to pull up a front to pretend that, you know, to pretend to be someone that I'm not. More importantly, you know what? There needs to be a certain level of active listening between human beings and being able to co-create safe spaces for one another. And that's one of the things that we do in the exhibition is really about getting people to start inquiring things at a very fundamental level. So each of the seven books, you know, kind of created, you know, in such a way that it taps into a person, personal experience of life and people draw actually different conclusions and interpretations based on their own self. So truth is this, there are so many noises in our world, so many noises, everybody is talking about everything. But yet, you know, the biggest paradox is this, we don't even allow ourselves to listen to ourselves. So much so that, you know, we become so disconnected with ourselves. So I guess, you know, that's something that, you know, we as human beings need to be able to do better. Of course, you know, there are also external measures, for example, you know, um, you know, I think, you know, government, you know, these days, you know, there's a widespread policies, you know, that has begun to start moving, you know, when it comes to dedication of mental health. And I am aware that, you know, after the COVID lockdown happens, you know, there has been a spike of different conversations around mental health as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things that I think, I'm thinking out loud, you know, so I may not necessarily be accurate, but I think that, you know, there could be insurance on mental health as well. Since, you know, um, you know, these days, you know, people are saying that, you know, it is not cheap to actually get psychotherapists, you know, therapists, you know, counsellors, social workers as well. And, you know, a lot of people find some of these treatments or therapies expensive. So that is something that can be done better. Insurance on mental health. Um, I think on the individual level, there can be more mindfulness practices where people actually work on their holistic wellness, besides just uh, mentally, but also emotionally and physically as well. So it's really about self-awareness. 